Welcome to this podcast from Greater Boston on WGBH2. It is one in a series of interviews with authors conducted by Greater Boston host Emily Rooney. Our podcasts are made possible through the generous contributions of WGBH viewers and listeners like you. Thanks for joining us. And now, here's Emily. If you could eradicate the chances that your baby would get breast cancer or sickle cell anemia, or you could ensure he or she would be a super athlete, would you? A new book on genetic engineering by the director of the Ethics Institute of Dartmouth College gets to the heart of the issue. It's titled Babies by Design, and author Dr. Ronald Green is here. Welcome. Pleased to be here, Emily. You know, one of the premises of this book that really fascinated me, you, you, you set it up as we have been told for decades, as long as man's been around, that, that the altering of genes, it's always been a warning sign. All we've ever heard about is the negatives or the ethical negatives of it, even things like cloning. And now that these things are basically possible, you're taking a look at sort of what the upside might be. Yes, that's one of the unusual efforts that I make in this book. I mean, the nightmare scenarios are out there, and there have been some terrible things done in the name of genetics. We mm -hmm. should never forget that. But we are developing these technologies, and they can bring to us the possibility of, first of all, producing children who don't have to face many of the diseases we experience today, and eventually maybe also have some powers and abilities better than us uh, as well. So all of this is coming with the Genome Project, with the new technologies, and I'm saying let's start thinking about it. You make the distinction between babies by design and designer babies, the designer babies being sort of the pejorative because you're picking and choosing what you want, but, but what is the difference really? Well, I think the designer babies or designer genes is, is a sort of pejorative put down. Uh, uh, this is fashion, this is people trying to have the perfect baby, perfect child. I don't think that's what people will do and I don't think that's what we're talking about. We're talking about design in the best sense of that term. Design meaning intelligence and planning, bringing some forethought to our reproductive lives so that we think about the possibility, do I want my daughter to have to face all the problems of breast cancer in her 40s? Well, if I can now tell my clinician, please just get rid of that one gene sequence and put a healthy uh, gene for that tissue in there, do it. And that will be out of okay. the family forever. But as you go ahead to, you know, you add in, and, oh, and by the way, you know, I want a cleft chin that looks like Tom Brady. And before you know it, you have created this perfect creature. And in which that comes all these other, you know, parental expectations about the kid is going to be. The kid thinks, oh, I'm not my own person because I was designed. And it creates this whole kind of ethical morass. Right. And I do consider those very seriously. I don't make light of the concerns. And I worry about them. Mm. I would wake up in the night while writing this book saying, am I really arguing for this? So I'm very sensitive. In the end, I think we'll grow used to this. Parents already do enormous things to design and shape their children. Mm. In a class not long ago, I looked at the class and I said, how many of you have had orthodonture? And a surprising three quarters of the class raised mm -hmm. their hands. So parents are spending thousands to improve the teeth of their children. In the future, they'll do that with genetics. Mm. I, mean, I, I always wondered this back during the time of uh, Dolly the sheep, and then even when that kind of nutty group, the Raelians, said yes. that they had um, clone something, and I always had this idea, well, well, what's wrong with that? I mean, if you can clone a human being, what is wrong with that? Well, there are many concerns that people have. The, the foremost is, are the risks. Well, like what? Well, there's a, a good deal of evidence in animal cloning to date 
that these offspring do not develop completely normally. Mm -hmm. We have a thing called large offspring syndrome uh, that comes about where they're, they're disproportionate in size. So it's going to be years until mm -hmm. somebody can do this and say this is safe. It took us But if you can do it safely and, and we have the science to do it, is there still something wrong with it? Well, I was speaking to a group of reproductive clinicians mm -hmm. just a week ago. And one of them said, asked that very mm -hmm. question, Dr. Green, what's wrong with cloning? Mm -hmm. And I frankly said, I'm not sure. I think in 20 years, you people will, will be, be doing it. Yeah. And I think we'll get used to it as we, remember, the first IVF baby, Louise Brown, 25, yes. people were horrified. Yeah. Test tube baby. A million children have been born that way. I was stunned at one of your statistics. You say that 99% of all of our DNA is essentially identical. It's this 1%. But in that 1% are all these markers and things for for everything else, including, you know, it could be Tay-Sachs or sickle cell or breast cancer or whatever, you know, things that you know there's a gene for because breast cancer, frankly, 85% of them are, are random. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them are genetic, Correct. but people always put too much stock in that thing, by the mm -hmm. way. But, uh, well, all <laughs> cancer is genetic yeah. in the sense that it is a disease of the genes. genes mm -hmm. are, but most of it, but is some of it is spontaneous. spontaneous. It's not inherited. Right. It's, it's, not not inherited. We, it's not inherited from your family. Well, which a lot of people think it is, but it isn't. That's correct. But, but getting back to that, I mean, uh, that little 1%, I mean, you're going to be able to figure out from that exactly what people are, I mean, how? You know, as, as, as soon as the, the egg is fertilized, you, you're going to be able to test it to tell what absolutely. the markers are? Absolutely, absolutely. We're going to be able to see that. Um, the NIH uh, is currently uh, ask, seeking proposals for a device that can produce a full human genome for $1,000. Mm -hmm. $1,000 genome. It cost $3 billion for the first genome just mm -hmm. a few years ago. Now they're talking $1,000. That means that on your doctor's desk is going to be a device that can read out every letter in your genetic code. Mm -hmm. It can tell you about what the likelihood that you and your partner will have a child mm -hmm. with this or that. Mm -hmm. It will be able to test eggs, sperm, ultimately embryos, and it's going to bring us new control and new choice. These things that you you do that will be altering? Would you do it before conception or after? Well, ideally, in some cases, you'd want to do that. Let's say you had a, a father and mother who both carried the recessive genes for cystic fibrosis. Mm -hmm. Rather than waiting for an embryo and getting into all that, you could just change a sample of the sperm from the father so that his sperm would not carry that deleterious sequence. Mm -hmm. They could go ahead and have a baby and there would be no uh, suffering from cystic fibrosis in that family. I mean, one of the uh, chapters here is on Brave New World, and I've forgotten sort of what that was about, but it's all this, everybody's engineered in a, uh, in a laboratory. I mean, would you have to do that too? I mean, Well, I would like, hope not. <laughs> I otherwise, how are you going to get the, you know, if you wanted to get rid of male pattern baldness or some of these other things, I mean. I think we're going to do it the way we do a lot of medicine. It's going to be personalized medicine between you and your clinician and uh, reproductive medicine. And I think it's going to be in the control of families and parents. In fact, in the book, I argue that for me, that's the most important thing. We must never let governments control mm. this technology, one way or the other, either to further it or necessarily to prohibit it, so long as the safety of children is protected. Are you going to further create a class divide? Because $1,000 may not be a lot to you or me. It may be a tremendous amount of money to somebody else. Or the actual procedures that go along with having this done, I don't know. It's never going to be free. Um, so then you're going to create a class of people who you know, have baldness and cancer and crooked teeth 
and then another group that are relatively perfect. Well, I think that's a, that's a real concern. People speak about a genobility. Well, we end up with two species yeah. that don't even have the ability to breed together any longer. And so the haves, the financial genetic haves, and the have-nots. And I look at that carefully. It is a worry. People never stop and say, wait a second. Might this be a way of reducing the class divide? Mm -hmm. How many young people in our society face reading disorders because of inherited mm -hmm. problems? Imagine if we could address that at the level of DNA. As long as it was, was applied equally to Equally, everybody. and it may be very cost-effective. Rather than 20 years of educational efforts to try to repair a difficulty with reading, which is a crucial skill for advancement in our society, rather than doing that one tweak of right. the DNA and the child is, is able to compete. What about the psychological effect on, on, on the kid? You know, do they, are they going to believe that they're musically gifted or they're a great athlete because they're six foot seven because or they've got this and because they're going to warp them in some way? Or are we going to be at the point where everybody's warped and it doesn't really matter? There's a little bit of that. I think it's <laughs> going to become very commonplace. Um, the, other, the other factor here is that people do with what they inherit and what they do with it is their own. Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods inherited a lot of abilities from dad. Mm. But he doesn't say, I'm just the genetic replicate. You know, I brought my skill, my effort, my work to a good beginning. And I think that's the way most people will be looking at it in the future. They'll want a good beginning, but they're going to bring their life and their effort to that beginning. All right, fascinating. Dr. Ronald Green, thanks for coming. Thank you Babies for by me. Design. Thanks for listening to this podcast, one in a series of interviews conducted by Greater Boston host Emily Rooney. We invite you to watch Greater Boston weeknights on WGBH2 at 7 p.m. and again at midnight. The program is also available through Comcast On Demand.